Bullshit. Oh, there's nothing wrong with a little light hazing. I stalked Jeff. <laughs> and you also fit into khakis very well. Yeah, does he? Yeah. His brother played with you? Then again, I'm a hot for Clarence. Yeah, I know. I Bring it, bitch. Hello and welcome to Roll With The Party. I am Ken. This is Mike. And this is Jeff. We are the Bakery Crew. And uh, we're here to talk a little bit more about D&D and nerd stuff. Hopefully a lot more. Uh, we got a few more of the Bakery Crew with us tonight. Uh, we have Lisa. Lisa's here. Hi, Ken. Hi. <laughs> uh, Lisa, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everybody about yourself. I am Lisa. Uh, Mike and I are married. I'm sorry. So we are a married <laughs> Me, couple that role play. Yeah. Oof. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, bit of a background on me. I started role-playing actually in the mid-90s, back with Vampire the Masquerade Ooh. when it first came out. Yeah. And uh, continued on into college. I took a bit of a break until we decided to start the D&D game, what is it now, three years ago? Yep, seems like 15. In a good way. So, some of the things that I'm personally into... In terms of nerd stuff, I read a lot of comic books. Yeah, you got a ton of comic books, huh? And rare comic books, too. Not not a ton. I mean, considering some people that collect for years and years and years, I've got a couple long boxes. I've been a big fan of Image for the last few years. So, Lisa, what's your favorite comic book that you own? Probably My Walking Dead number one. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about comic books. Is that rare? It's in my gun safe. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty rare. It's one of those ones when uh, Robert Kirkman first came out with them, the initial run, I think, was only 3,000. Considering how popular the comic became, the, having that number one is a challenge. It could be a challenge to to get that. We made sure to get it already graded. Yeah, we got lucky. We got lucky we got it that, early, too. That was My question was going to be, did you get it when it actually came out? Or no, no, I wish. After? That's that was one of those things like you get into it a little too late in the game. And even then, my late in the game was like issue in the in the 40s. And it topped out at 193. Okay. I think that was the last issue. And she's a hell of a painter. hope she brings that up. Yeah, I paint miniatures. Yeah, she does. She paints excellently. My mom uh, painted a lot of uh, ceramics. She painted a ton of ceramics when I was growing up, yeah. and we'd sell them at those uh, markets, you know, at the fire halls and stuff like that. So I would paint with her. She's really good. But I learned all of that painting of small little magnets and ornaments. She's good with little things. Yeah. I, being married to you, I'm yes, sure she's learned to be. To be. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, magnifying glasses in the house, a lot of them. <laughs> that being said, uh, Josh. Oh, little things. Is yeah. the, yeah, little good things. Segue. Yeah. He is the newest member of the bakery sure crew, that's right? right? That's right. So Yeah, he's the newbie. Yeah. He's uh, also the youngest member. Yep. I think so. And yeah. That's only because we're all old. <laughs> and the most fit, I would say. I'd still kick his ass. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So, Josh, what do you do? Um, so, essentially, I am fairly new to D&D, um, but I do have uh, a substantial magic card collection. I also play Pokemon. Uh, my video games... Uh, range from Sega Genesis, maybe. Yeah, when then, you were born. Probably. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked this kind of stuff. I never really had a group to play with, and you guys kind of just welcomed me in a little bit, so I, I love it every every second. And you're good at it. And we should also say that Lisa uh, played a ranger, a, um, a ranger class that everybody hated. She took and made it unbelievably devastating. Um, it was a Beastmaster Ranger. She has a pet right now. Her main companion is a... Go ahead. So, play the much-hated Beastmaster Ranger, and I love it. <laughs> you play it well. Yeah. Yeah, I think, honestly, when it comes down to playing a character, regardless of what people's feelings are on classes and everything, it's all in what you make it. She is the quintessential animal hoarder. I She's got... A ton of pets. The actual main guy that's bonded to me is Anton, who's my panther. But I also have a whole... A war pug? I have war pugs. She doesn't yeah. have a pug? I have two. 
And they had Never puppies. They had wow. six puppies. They've been mm-hmm. growing up at the farm. Wow. So. She actually has armor for them. She had it made. Yes. I'm not kidding. I no. do. We have miniatures for them. I do. Her first and I have, uh, <laughs> I have um, my goblin dog. Yep. That's yeah. Trevor. Trevor. Trevor's my baby. And then I've Trevor got, saved the whole group. Yes, he did. I've got Sir Perry the platypus and Beatrice the horse and... Wow. Don't forget. Grum, my baby T-Rex that yep. just hatched... What a couple sessions ago. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that took me to taking a break with Lilith. To, Lilith is her ranger's name, by the Lilith way. Lilith is the name of my ranger, and I ended up taking a break so that she could raise the T Rex because there's no way that I'm going to go into a battle with a baby T Rex strapped to my uh, little snuggie in front of me. She's a Bjorn with a T Rex, and it's pretty yes. intimidating, actually. Yes. <laughs> what uh, what character are you playing now? Now I play Trixie who is uh, a bard, which I know can run the gambit with some people. I went with a homebrew uh, college of the, of the drag queen, which is fantastic, and I love it. Trixie Richards. Richard is actually her, his name, but he typically goes by Trixie. With this bard, what I do mainly is subster- subterfuge, spying. I can be male, I can be female, I can be a peasant, I can be a noble. And it's whatever I need to do to infiltrate and gain information and... Tell our listening audience how you actually cast spells. Well, with the, with the College of the Drag Queen, they cast spells with their main drag outfit. As long as you're wearing that outfit, it is your main casting focus. That's awesome. Well, I know that um, my rogue, Hank and Trixie have yes. gotten into some trouble together and they pull off some pretty epic stuff and I can't wait to do more of it. Some good heists. Um, it's, it's nice having two chaotic neutral. Oh, it's fantastic. It is. It's so Not much for fun the paladin for necessarily. <laughs> yeah, it's no fun for the paladin, but <laughs> no. it's we have a ton of fun together. Mr. Yes. Josh, tell us about your character. So my character is a barbarian. And uh, he multi-classes into two... Bjorn. Yeah, Bjorn. Yeah. And uh, he multi-classes with a fighter and a druid, a circle of the moon. And uh, I've been having a lot of fun with him, too. Uh, I feel like he fits me more so as, like, a person as well. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to be somebody, I would want to be Bjorn. Because that's he's awesome. fearless. He's he's somebody I strive to be. And I'm not. But that's why I like D&D again, you know? And you're basically becoming our main party tank eventually. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole idea. And it's so far you've been pretty funny and fun, and you're actually good at role playing stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah I so did pretty good. well. Yeah, <laughs> much hated of, uh, blacksmiths everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. For some reason, blacksmiths hate your character. That's yeah. because he tries to have sex with all. I do not. No, no, he does. No, I don't. A lot of them. No, his heart only belongs to one blacksmith. Is That's it, true. Yeah. But um, Lisa also plays magic quite avidly with us. I, I tried to drag her kicking and screaming into all these hobbies, thinking she'd say no, but she's actually a pretty bad influence on me because she'll see something and say, oh, you should buy that, and I don't need that because I've already <laughs> no. bought it. Yeah. I've already purchased it. We have on our table sitting here right now uh, a nice Tia mat that we just picked up. You can see pictures of it at Bakery Crew Ken on Twitter. That's at Bakery Crew Ken on Twitter. Oh, nice plug. Not bad. <laughs> it's doing well. Yeah. yeah. We're reaching people. We're making friends all over the place. The Twitter community has been really great to the bakery crew as far as support and, and tips and tricks. Um, it was a lot of those people who helped me figure out the whole Apple issue with getting us on Apple Podcasts. So we are now officially on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to us on Google. You can listen to us on Amazon. We're working on getting on TuneIn. That way you can just search up roll with the party on uh, your echo if you have alexa we're gonna be trying for spotify next but as of right now uh, you need like a subscription or whatever Mm -hmm. so we're gonna figure that out okay we're hoping to be with you guys for quite a while here at roll with the party speaking of roll with the party we're going to move right into our next segment roll for initiative so everybody got your dice oh yeah all right for those of you who are just with us this is where we have a list of topics It is an ever-growing list of topics, some that you've sent in from home, some that we've come up with on our own, and we add it to a list. And then each one of us rolls a dice, just like initiative, and then we pick the topic we want to talk about and we discuss until we move on to the next one. So everybody get your dice ready and roll. Nine. 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 (laughs) 
19, 15. So we got we, a three-way roll. Lisa roll starts, here? yeah. Well, we got a three-way three roll. We don't know. Somebody might get a 20. And I got a one. That is a natural 19. one. I, I got a one also. I got a one. I got a, one. I got a 19. Yeah. Oh, geez. All right, so Lisa, Ken, Jeff, and then you two roll off. Or... Let's do it. Let's see. Six. That's an eight. Okay, oh, so Lisa, Ken, Jeff, let the record show. Josh, Mike, Mike got beat on a dice roll. <laughs> yeah, but it's not my yellow dice. You want me to bring that out? I'll do that. Keep it in the case. Keep yeah, the I case. figured. <laughs> at least you have common sense, Josh. <laughs> All right, Lisa, go ahead and look at that paper and tell us what you want to talk about. You know, I've been looking over this list for the last week, trying to figure it out. I think women in gaming is too on the nose. So I'm going to go with, what's your favorite nerdy item and why? Oh, that's a good one. All right, so, go ahead, start us off. First? So I've already talked about my Walking Dead number one. That That's a cool item to have, but I have to say my favorite weird happen-by-happenstance nerdy item is... Uh, a She-Ra, Funko She-Ra Pop. I got it at Comic-Con in 2013 at San Diego. And it was one of those things before I guess they hit really big. We were there walking on the floor and we just, we walked right into the Funko shop. And anybody who's been to Comic-Con knows that nowadays you have to be in a lottery and you wait six hours in a line just to finally get to the front and find out everything that you enjoy is gone. If you can even get there. If you can even get there. It's so funny that that's your pick because you guys brought me back a Kermit the Frog number one Funko Pop from that trip, yes. and that was going to be my pick because <laughs> I wow. I absolutely love Kermit the Frog. Yes. I have a tattoo of Kermit the Frog. I love Jim Henson. Have you ever looked up to see what it's worth? Uh, I did, and it's worth a lot, but it's, it's priceless to me. Yeah, that is yeah. by far... Yeah the coolest gift I was ever given and my favorite nerdy item. I didn't mean to jump in on you, no, but no, you I, totally, that was the first thing that popped yeah, into Yeah, that was head. the first, just because like we were there and I we were looking at this giant wall of them and I went, oh, She-Ra, oh, I love She-Ra. That was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. Uh, we tried rewatching it this year, you know, cause pandemic binge watching of everything. And uh, it's really weird. It's really weird. Doesn't translate. No. Jeff, what's your favorite nerdy item? All right. So uh, if I go with uh, relevant to what we've been talking about, nerdy item, uh, most of the party has seen it. It was in the uh, the ill-fated dungeon that I ran. My greater demon of corn from Forge World. Oh. Um, I loved putting that together. Got some help painting it, uh, but we painted it up, and it is a gorgeous thing. I keep it in a football helmet case uh, to keep it nice and clean. I just like looking at that model it's exquisite uh looking model and um it's uh, pretty uh <laughs> dangerous on the battlefield as well the other thing i'll throw out just uh, to to hit on another this is beyond nerdy topic uh or hobby that i have i'm also huge into model railroading so oh, wow. I'm, I'm an oh, old yeah. man i've always been <laughs> an old man trapped in a younger man's body and i'll eventually catch up and i'll be a child trapped in an old man's body uh but uh i also have a uh it's called an uh it's an ho scale tricks big boy locomotive and it is my favorite uh locomotive engine that i have in my entire model railroad and collection it's a beautiful model to look at exquisitely detailed uh runs really smoothly when i when i run it on the layout and uh, it's fantastic stuff don't think we'll ever get into model railroading that much, but wanted to throw that out there. No, that's definitely cool. That's, that's a little, awesome. it's a little more nerdy than what we're going for, but uh... <laughs> no, you should see the adults that are into this. There's more adults into model railroading than I've ever seen in my life. Josh, um, so, so mine's kind of weird, right? So I, as a kid, I collected Pokemon cards, and I loved Pokemon, and I still do to this day. I have traded them i have given them away when i was younger i mistreated them but i have one card from a beta pack and it is a nidoran first edition the card itself is like more than priceless because i know now what it is more meaningful to me than it is to maybe some people that just look at it and say like wow this is just like a you know first edition nidoran like all right well you know it's it's a lot more you know it's from the childhood it's how you watch the movies this is when you know you kind of grew up with it and that kind of like sparked it for me like with my nerd you know quote unquote nerd thing you know that's how i kind of got into everything you know just watching everything kind of grow up and i it's nice it's a good feeling i love it dude that's really cool yeah 
Uh, Mike, you have more nerdy items than anybody I've ever met. Can you <laughs> narrow it down to one, or do we need to give you like a top three? No, I, I really can't even give you a top three. I, I hate to be an idiot, but there's nothing really that I could point out that is my favorite. Every single thing that I've ever purchased, I've loved in that moment. And um, I cherish and keep and hold on to. And I found out, even though, yeah, it could border on hoarding. Border? I, well, okay, sure. <laughs> it's across. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I will find, and Jeff will back me up, I will find a situation where we need, you know, a, a orange beholder. And guess who has an orange beholder? I'm sure you do. Yeah. And, or, you know, an, uh, a, a group of Asmir. Oh, well, I have 17 of them. So I can bring them to bear against the party or use them. I have, um, my wife has taken me into the world of pops, and I, I have a lot of really awesome pop figurines. I, I have a Samurai Jack pop figurine that I will never get rid of, no matter how much it's worth. I just love it that much. Um, there's just a ton of different things. Uh, again, I just recently, for Christmas, I know it's early, I have a uh, hand-painted painting of the scene in Thor Ragnarok where he was on the bridge and uh, lightning was shooting from him. And there's just so many nerdy things in my life, including my wife, that I absolutely love and would never ever want to lose. Um, so I really, honestly, I hate to punk out i can't pick one ten fifteen things every little thing means something to me yeah what it, about your praetorian army for um, 40k it's like what third edition praetorians yeah it's, it's second but that's whatever oh second <laughs> yeah. my, my mistake yeah, it's, what, it's just valuable on, your whole <laughs> chapter of all ultra i have a giant but see if they meant a lot to me i would be playing with them i i, I stopped 40k i'm not even gonna go down that rabbit hole yeah we'll talk about that another yeah day. that's another whole that's a year topic but um, everything I've ever gotten into, I enjoyed in that moment, and it brought me fun, joy, excitement, and happiness. So I, I really can't pick something specific. Uh, I hate to punk out on you, Lisa, but I, that's, that's a great question. All right, it's Ken's turn. I'm going to pick personal knowledge versus character knowledge. Oh, boy. This is a highly debated, every table does it differently. I like the idea that if you know something... Your character knows it as far as information about the world information about how to start a fire if you if you know how to start a fire yeah why shouldn't your character? why shouldn't your character know how to start a fire that's basic stuff if you know a little bit about music a little bit your character might know a little bit about music that being said if you know that Zaztam's a lich not everybody in Faerun knows that Zaztam's a lich correct so I think it's a delicate dance but there there's more things I'd let players get away with than not as far as everyday knowledge. If you don't know how to pick a lock in real life and your character's a rogue, yeah, he's going to know how to pick a lock. But I'm talking basic stuff. Lore about the gods, lore about the worlds. I would say that if you know that stuff, your character would probably know that stuff. And I know that's unpopular, and I know people disagree with that, but let's talk about it. What do you guys think's right? What do you think are the limitations on that? What are the boundaries? What do you think's fair? I take it a different way. If you want to tell me that Zaztam's a lich uh, in character, that's absolutely fine. But you better find a way to talk to specific people, do the research, pay the proper people off, uh, live in Thay, or find somebody that lives in Thay and find out that Zaztam's a lich that way. I don't mind working backwards to get the result. That doesn't bother me. Like you would too, and I think you'll back me up on this, when you're starting to, it starts a character, first minute you make your character is when you can integrate what you know. Um, if you want to be into music, you can take skill sets that have you into music. If that's something you want to do, it can easily be brought into the game in the beginning of the game. They have tons of different archetypes in the back of the book, um, class subclasses that you can have been a sailor, you could have been an artist, a street urchin. There's a ton of stuff and they add skills. So those skills that you get added to your character will actually augment who you become. So I, I agree with you doing that. I, I like the idea and I, I really do appreciate the fact that you allow people to do that. But I work sort of differently. Jeff, what's your take on all this? All right, well, I think you have to it goes to a limit that so uh, I've played multiple campaigns of D and D, so I know stuff about Faerun. But my character is not from Faerun, so there, it feels wrong that he should know quite as much as I do 
as a uh, as a player. So I there's things I literally I know what the answer is, and I will say no. I will think about it. Cog does not know that answer because he didn't grow up here. He didn't live here long enough to know some of these facts. Now the other thing though is he studies a lot, so there are things he can know that other people wouldn't know. So I I, I feel it's like it's a balance that you need to. Uh, work through with what your character can know and can't know and yes I agree there are certain uh, skills that you have is just you've picked up in your life that's a neat flavor thing to have your character know that it's like you mentioned music or, or or basic survival skills and it makes for good flavor when you're talking about how your character pulls off stuff because you know how to actually do it but then I do feel like as, as Mike said there's there's sort of a limit to how much your player know your character knows, even though you as the player may have read something in a D and D book and know exactly what the stats are of that creature. Why yeah. did your character? Why has your character seen Tiamat before? That, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> and it's still alive. <laughs> yes. As a DM, I put a music puzzle in one of the dungeons, and you knew how to solve it because you, Jeff, know music. Yes. So I think that's that's okay. I think stuff like that is okay. That's rewarding. A player, I guess. I, I, I don't know. No, I, I, For real I, life knowledge. I, I think it works. It, it, it's just, like I said, it's to a point. I think there's a point where you, you, you can cross that line to where it's kind of ridiculous that your character knows something that well, they wouldn't have been tournament in game. Cog could be a secret mu- music lover at heart. Exactly. But Cog's background isn't even really known to him. So yeah. there's so much that he may know that will come to the forefront later on. Well, I mean, that's just, I, I feel like there is that that edge you can't pa- you can pass over and it becomes too much your character miraculously knows too much now josh plays a barbarian like we talked about his name is buren so i would imagine that he would know a lot about outdoor stuff yeah absolutely he would know a lot about um like survival yes do you i mean do you have any survival skills in your real life uh yeah absolutely. you would absolutely bring that into absolutely. the game yeah so yeah i i think that i think that Mike and Jeff did bring up a really good point there. Like, uh, I feel like if you did do something that you and your character would do, that's kind of like knowledgeable to your character. You know what I mean? I feel like that's very on par. You can work backwards to attain that. Yeah. I'll I'll throw one. So you have worked construction jobs in real life. Yes, that's correct. Wouldn't it be a little weird if Bjorn was an expert castle builder? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But... You might actually know something about, but he could definitely make a lean-to or a small a, structure, and you know, know what to use. Agreed, but I think it would. There's a point at which it would go too yeah, far. Yeah, there should right. be a happy medium in between the two. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's up to DM discretion. Yeah, I, I mean, with uh, Lilith being a huge animal lover, you know, I've grown up with all sorts of animals when I was a kid, and even now. But now with Trixie, you know, she's a priss, so it's. Ew, animals are dirty and smelly and gross. (laughs) So you have to completely change that mindset that you've done for years and switch those gears and completely come up with a whole other knowledge base. And now I can hurl insults where Lilith was just quiet and sullen. Now I have to She spoke with her arrows. I did, I spoke (laughs) with my arrows. But now I have to be boisterous and loud and now I have to know all this knowledge about all the other regions where before I would have just been happy to live by myself in the woods. Well, you did. You, yeah. you grew up in the Yearwood, so your knowledge was really limited. But Trixie was an actor and a traveler, Correct. so why do you have this bag full of all sorts of different money from other areas? Uh, none of your business. Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's that knowledge set, switching those gears between two characters, even. And that and that skill set and what you know as a person versus what what your character would know. All right, Josh, you're up. Pick one. Pick one. So I'm going to go and say what it's like to join a large playing group. Like, that's pre-existing. Yeah, that's pre-existing. Like us. Yeah. Um, so, you would know a lot about that. <laughs> so like like Kenna said, I am I am pretty new to the party, but it's overwhelming. And new to oh, D&D. It is. Yeah, you're new to D&D, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Pretty new to D&D as well. Like I said, I've probably been playing for a year-ish, mm-hmm. maybe, give or take. But um, You didn't play before that at all, No, right? nothing, okay. nothing. No, we had the group that yeah. we briefly... Yeah, we played. I, I started something called the Kids Group, and uh, we were trying to integrate and start younger kids into the actual playing of D&D. Uh, Josh is not a kid, no. but at heart he is. Absolutely. So I had my daughter and a couple other people that would be down there, and Mr. Josh and my wife, Lisa, 
uh, she came down and our friend Rob and we we ran a really nice game for the kids and uh, Josh fell in love with it and oh, yeah. then there was an opening for the uh, regular Thursday night game and go for it yeah so I joined the game and I think the first game that I've ever played with you guys I think Jeff was the DM if I'm not mistaken oh yeah that and I apologize we've, for that. we've talked about that in previous episodes how he tried to kill Mike yeah. for like was that that game yeah seven yeah. games yeah. straight he but tried Josh, to kill Mike did you Mike. enjoy that game uh, you know what I did that's I because you weren't that. being assaulted yeah. constantly. Yes, that is correct. By every creature in the Monster Manual. That is correct. I love that game. I did too. Again, because you weren't being assaulted Man. by every creature in the Monster Manual. Alphabetically, by the way. <laughs> but so I I got to say, like I've been again before, it is overwhelming. Everyone knows their stuff down there. And if you feel like out of place. Bullshit. Oh, come on. Come on. No, not everyone. Uh, we, we do have a large game. We have nine players and a DM. And uh, on most Thursday nights, we have all nine players show up. Yeah. Uh, so I can see how being new to D and D that that could be yeah, it's, it's a little, little overwhelming. It is. It is extremely. So I'll it, tell you something, Kenny. That Josh told me. He kept telling me repeatedly. He's like, "Did I make a mistake last night?" He would call me and say, "What did I do wrong?" What I'm like, you, "It's role playing. You can't do anything wrong. You can't make mistakes." Yeah, but it always feels like you know, like in life, you, you could always can do better. You know what I mean? Like there's actions in that game where you go home and think about like. Like, oh, I could have done that. Or, I, or like, oh, I could have helped Zoshin. Or I could have helped Trixie. Or, or I get Kong. that. But when you screw up in a role-playing game, it just opens up with a good DM. Like more possibilities. It opens up yeah. more possibilities for better role-playing. I'm aware of that now. But as before, I was so afraid to kind of mess up, lead the party wrong. And like, you know, this is a new person trying to come to your house. Like, what do you... So what advice would you give somebody that is looking to jump into... Because there's a lot out there. Jump into a game that there are five, six, seven, eight other people that know each other already, and there's an opening and they can sit at that table. What advice would you give them, honestly? I would say, don't get overwhelmed. Stay with the party, learn as much as you can. Um, read up on some of the stuff, like, you know what I mean? I think that's the most important thing too. Like I didn't read anything. <laughs> I came into it and Mike was like, yeah, you gotta do this, and this, is th this does this, and uh, this group down here is an amazing group, and they'll talk to you about anything. And so you, a lot of player knowledge, too. You get to know like you're, who you're playing with, too. You know what I mean? That's really important itself. I would say buy the player's handbook. Even as a DM, yeah. I hate to say this, you don't need a Dungeon Master's Guide. Buy the player's handbook. That's all you really need. If you're you know, on the cheap, that's how you can get in this game. And look at your character. Read about your character. Go online. There's so many people online, like you found out, Josh. Absolutely. You found out your build online, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. I found a, a Shadow Fighter. Yeah, and, um, and, I mean, geez, there's so many things that you can learn online, like homebrew stuff. Every day that you come down to play, it seems like you learn more. I it do. does. I, I do. You know, it seems like you are the individual that wants to absorb knowledge and uh, make your character better. And that's awesome. And, you know, most of our players have gotten so good over the years that they've been playing. Oh, absolutely. I would put one of our players against, we've said this before, we roll hard, man. Um, it's not a competition against other groups, but... But we'd kick your ass. Yeah, we would absolutely <laughs> kick your ass. Um, Kenny and I have made Dungeon Masters <laughs> cry. Not that that's the goal. No, it's no, not. we weren't doing it intentionally. But we were just it's kind playing. of a goal sometimes. No, I mean, it wasn't. You just, no, it's not. We, we just, we, we play hard. We come up with good ideas, and every single one of us at that game, I'd put in a celebrity all-star game, and they would be able to hold their own. 100%. Uh, Lisa, what do you think about playing in such a large game? It can be that first session when I knew some people, but you know, Derek and Kim were brand new. It's that first session can be like the world's most awkward first group date. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? it, it is. I get that because it's a very intimate thing to and it's not uh, open just, up. And it's not you putting yourself out there. It's you trying to portray a character in a way that is entertaining and engaging and people want to interact that's extremely with. well said yeah mm -hmm. yeah it can be it can be challenging especially you know as a as a woman whenever it was just kim and i when there's thank nine god kim people. was there you'd have been the only woman down there yeah yeah and you know thankfully i knew all of you so it's not like i was uncomfortable i feel bad for anybody that has to go into a new group and knows people but doesn't really know them and 
to have to interact and break that ice and go through that hopefully good first date was it a good first date you know i wanted to add something along with that too like a lot of people play different like players like you know like zoshin is what your alignment is you mean uh good yeah and then not to deal with cog and i don't know everyone's alignment so they're gonna play their characters as if they're playing well they're playing their characters we hope they do yeah 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 so when bjorn goes in and he's neutral he's like hey guys how's it going and you're like yeah just go away and you're like oh like yeah, well, I, I I like playing my character. You were really tough on Bjorn yes, when because, he first came in. That's all right. I Still was tough on Bjorn. Yeah. Here's, here's the deal. Balkis was really nice to yeah, you. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But well, then he left. We yeah. are a large group of 12th to 15th level, 18th level characters. Bjorn, you were you were level one when you came in, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I think it was level three, actually. Yeah. Lo- yeah. Okay, I'll let you yeah. start at three. Yeah. Um, so when you came in, it was like, what are you doing here? We yeah. don't really need you because right. guess what? We really didn't need you. And um, throughout the story, you proved yourself and made yourself valuable and worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to understand, we have a lot of background, a lot of history, and a lot of secrets. So we really don't trust a lot of people. And we've actually, and you will back me up, Kenny, because he's the oldest player here right now. Kenny will back me up. We've had players screw us. We've had players go to our enemies and hand us over to our enemies. Yes, several times. Yes. So I'm playing in character. I'm a DM. I, I don't shut that off even when I'm playing. So you have to prove yourself to me. I'm not going to let any little stinky, you know, barbarian roll in <laughs> and just join us. And, and that's reality too. Yeah. I, our, our games are based in reality a little bit. I understand it's a role-playing game. You're not going to just let somebody walk off the street. Yeah. Trixie didn't just walk off the street, correct? No. And you know, honestly, there's nothing wrong with a little light hazing. Yeah. yeah. No. No. Get no, used to it. Yeah. yeah. We a don't haze you anymore. Hazing. We don't, we don't. Yeah. yeah. But when you came in, Lisa, when you joined our group, you know, you knew me, you knew most of the people that were down there. Did you seriously still find it difficult? No. Okay. No, because you know, you know me. Yeah. I am far from a, a uh, you don't wallflower. wallflower. My don't wife f- doesn't give a shit. Yeah, she doesn't find much <laughs> difficult. No. no, no. And it's not, it, it wasn't intimidating. Now, if I was in a room with a group of strangers... Yeah, it can it could be a little challenging to warm up and and find the temperament of the group. Here's the real person here that you know he only knew me. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff. Oh, yeah. Jeff only knew me. Jeff would come in the bakery. I stalked Jeff <laughs> for two plus years to come play with us, and finally one day his wife gave him permission. <laughs> Jeff, what was it like, man? Coming yeah, so, in, you uh, didn't know any of us. I'm definitely a different perspective. Uh, as Mike said, I, I was buying cookies <laughs> just for myself and also for my company, but that's besides the point. Uh, and the he, secret and, and I would come, super I would come down and he'd go, you work at that nerdy place. What nerdy hobbies do you have? And I started listing them off. He's like, I have that hobby. I have that hobby. I have that hobby. <laughs> uh, so he said, hey, you need to come play Dungeons & Dragons with us. And I was like, I've played a few campaigns. And that's that's where I'm a little different than than Josh. I started, I've had about eight significant campaigns that I've participated uh, in over my years. This is the longest, right? This is this is the longest consistent campaign. And I have done everything from one person and one DM playing. All This is definitely the largest. The other, the second largest I had was about six players and one DM. I came in with more D&D knowledge. But uh, the thing that I came in, in and it, and we could talk. This is a whole other topic. You kind of got to get the flavor of the game. Yeah, is it is right. it yeah. is yeah. it the speed. more role playing? Is it more miniatures? Is it a combo of both? Or is it more dungeon crawling? Murder hobos. Yeah. Are you just going <laughs> off and you go into the town and you kill everybody and ask questions later, or are you just sitting there having a conversation where it's nobles talking? You role play everything and you almost never roll dice because that has nothing to do with it. I I do think our game has a nice fair mix good mix. and uh after coming in i i felt comfortable i got to know everybody beyond mike i think i fit in well but i did have that slightly different i knew more D uh coming into it well than, you, than a lot you of f- others you absolutely fit into the group well and you also fit into khakis very well yes yeah, see that, that is i come that from is, work so yes i'm usually he comes straight up. from work and he has these sweet khakis mm. on mm. every week mm. they're secret khakis mm. 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 did you ever tell him about that secret twitter handle that you have jeff's khakis jeff khakis at jeff's khakis uh we do not there's have that probably secret. a twitter out there that's called jeff's well khakis. there might be after this there episode. is now yep. there might be after this episode uh we love to 
jag and rib each other it's another part that that just really makes the game like lisa said light hazing you yes. may eventually be able to see jeff's ass somewhere on the internet we'll, we'll make sure we post that i think yes. it's the only part of him we can no, show I, I promised i wouldn't I mean, do in anything khakis. embarrassing in khakis. nothing yeah, embarrassing sure. hmm. We'll edit that, Jeff. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take that out. Just as long as they're not on fire. Yes. 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 Oh, Jesus. Um, the next person is Jeff, whenever you're ready. All right. I'm going to go with who or what got you into D&D. So I'll, I'll start with this one uh, myself. So uh, my brother uh, is two years older than me. Uh, and I actually hung out more with his friends than anybody in my own grade level when I was in, in school. So in about middle school, uh, I'd say I was in sixth or seventh grade, and they were in eighth or ninth, and they got into D&D second edition. Uh, we're starting to play. They always came to our house. We just happened to have the hangout spot. I was the little brother that was there. I guess I was not as annoying as some of the other kids little brothers so i was allowed to participate i joined in and uh that was that was the first time i had played D, and you know i learned all about faco and all that other fun stuff and uh we went from there you were only two years younger though yes only so, two years so younger. that's not too bad um so about what age did that put you at your first D D game probably about 12 12 and do you remember your first character uh yes it was a ranger it was, a, it, was an, a it was the yes. it was the kind of the quintessential elf ranger, and actually, I would say it was you know it was a little bit of a Legolas. But after reading the Lord of the Rings, not just watching the movies, you know, because the movies didn't exist at that, right. that point in time. Uh, but that yeah, it was an elf ranger. That's awesome. I don't remember his name though. So, <laughs> uh, Josh, what got you into D and D? I mean, we kind of went over this, but what got you into it? So I again was going down to Mike's and buying cookies, and I was me kind of just hit it off was going back and forth and i was telling mike some of my interests and i was like yeah i play magic and i've been playing magic for a while now i've been in tournaments and he's like did you ever play D before and i'm like yeah but no so he was like <laughs> <laughs> he was like why don't you just go to try you know i'm right? gonna paint a picture um he is the most handsome person at our game he is a <laughs> very he, handsome he looks like a nordic individual I'm, I'm blushing right now yeah he does though he's young and, and strapping so humble yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> supple but that's you know it's still the stigma go ahead yeah i don't so, want to step on you go for it so uh mike uh he said yeah we're gonna have this game saturday he's like you should try it out I was like, oh, I thought about it for a while, and he was like, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, what do I got to lose? And you know, I, that right there, that your first, virginity, that first game, that first game. Whenever we had to go and go under the tunnel and find yeah. the Griffin, and I remember that game, and it was it just set the mood for the rest of the D and D games I've ever played because that right there, that first game grabbed me. What was your first character? Bjorn. Bjorn. Oh, yeah. so you played Bjorn in the kids game. Yeah. Quite and right. then you brought him. That's why he was level game. three when we brought him into our game. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Yeah. All right. Great. Lisa. Uh, as far as D&D &D goes. Or any TTRPG. Tabletop. Okay. Uh, well, that would have been, God, back in 95, 96. Yeah. Playing Vampire the Masquerade. That was with uh, Justin. Yeah. And uh, two of our friends. Justin was my boyfriend at the time in high school and you know back in the 90s goth edgy you gotta do vampire the masquerade yeah and it was it was fun my first character was a ravnos which was a gypsy vampire. i could see that i yeah, could see you, you playing see a gypsy in high school <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah so you know yeah you know what's up it was it was fun he did a good he did a good job the game didn't last very long it kind of fell apart uh one of the guys that was involved in the group left after a couple sessions and then trying to find another person especially you know back then it wasn't as easy you had so many closeted role right. players so nobody would have openly been like oh yeah i love to role play right it was a so, totally different time and my first D and D session was the group was with us yeah oh that's yeah. cool yeah it was mike you know saying you know, we're tired of playing riffs. We want to try something different. Kenny and I have been talking. And uh, we're actually going to allow girls. Yeah. <laughs> dun, yeah. dun, dun. So girls. the fact that, like, girls were finally allowed in the clubhouse was uh, was what really brought me to D&D. &D. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, though, um, and again, not because you're married to me, um, you're, <laughs> you're imaginative, you're well-read, you're funny, you're, you're a nerd, you're a huge nerd. 
and um, you embrace the things that are nerddom and you understand you know everything yeah you know your background is varied and I think you brought a lot to the game so I was actually honored to bring you down there you're such a sucker thank you (laughs) Mike what was your first experience with a tabletop RPG, and then we can also go D and D. I'm not sure. Well, what it was your first it was D and D. Yeah, yeah, it was D and D. It was like 1978. Cool. Wow. Yeah, kiss my ass. Wow. And it was in the back of a comic book. Now, I, Josh, were you born in 1978? No. I wasn't even thought about. No, no. I wasn't born. I wasn't born. How about you? Jeff? I was not born. Okay, no. are you serious? <laughs> that is right. me. Are you serious? All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and finish that story. I'm, I just wanted to point that out, buddy. I'm going to go to sleep now. I'm old. <laughs> So uh, it was in 1978, and I saw in the back of a comic book, and I was intrigued. My mom worked hard to get me the things that I wanted, and uh, this this was back when D&D was just coming out of being a board game, no joke. And uh, so I, I played the base, which I still have, because Lisa will back it up. I still have the box set upstairs, the basic box set, um, and that's what I started. And we started playing, this is no joke, uh, in a Catholic grade school, and the nuns would play with us. And they, oh yeah, yeah. They, they rolled up it was characters before the satanic panic. Yeah, yeah. What? Oh yeah, yeah. No joke. Yeah. They, they. Well, back then they thought that it was great. The kids were reading, and it was inventive, and it was creative, and uh, they were into. If only they knew. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, and and then seriously, it was some of the most fun we ever had, and I'll never forget sitting there. We would have we would play for like twenty minutes during lunch. We would pull out our game, pull out our books, wow. and pull out our dice, and we'd roll up a character, and we'd do a little mini adventure. We would never get finished with anything because we didn't have long enough but it was always fun and that intrigued me and then a lot of my friends including your brother yeah um i got into dnd I, I said hey you got to check this out i made a ton of friends a ton of connections and a ton of really good lifelong buddies from that game it for me it's the most impactful game of all the ones i've played that's why i returned to it but i've played everything from curbs to car wars to you name it, um, you know, the battle tech uh, the role playing you know tabletop role playing you guys made riffs how long did you guys play that game uh, Forever, I think, probably over thirty years. Wow! You, yeah, you did. Yeah. I I joined yeah. when I was sixteen. Yeah. yeah, and played up until we. I mean, I'm we still playing D&D. in the group now, yeah. and I'm thirty nine. Right. You're the but... longest running player down there. Um, Congratulations! Yeah. yeah, I haven't kicked you out yet. So, yeah, yet. <laughs> but the the enjoyment of that game came from camaraderie and being around people that I like, and it was always you know, fun to do. It was something that I looked forward to. Uh, I started because I read in the back of a comic book. That's that's the short answer. That's great. I, uh, I started with a couple of one-shots with some friends in high school. I think a lot of the same friends. Yeah. And they ended up introducing me into the Riffs game, and I played that all through high school and through college. I took a two-year break when I met a girl who didn't want me playing uh, role-playing games. Peer uh, pressure. Yeah, yeah, I did it for a girl. I took a two-year break for a girl. Um, but after that, I came right back, and Mike welcomed me back with open arms. Did you ever play with Chad, your brother? I never did. I never did, but I know he played with you. I still have his character. It was a dwarf. Yeah. Wait, his brother played with you? Yes. Well, my brother is a 10 lot. years older than me. Well, he went to school with me. Yeah, he yeah. went to school with you. And, and Kenny and I went to school together. Yes. But and neither one of us knew we were role players. No, I had no idea. <laughs> totally missed opportunity. Well, back then, like you said, you didn't talk about it. It wasn't yeah. something you... We will have to have an episode on the old days. Yeah. For the, yeah. the kids listening. That's, that's a sore subject, too. When you kind of see somebody, like, the only other way you would know somebody played, like, D&D is, like, if somebody had a shirt on or something like that. I, I see the shirt I'm wearing right now, run run D&D. Yeah. yeah. I wear it to bakery. It starts up conversations. You would not, the police officers, SWAT team members, FBI, uh, lawyers, doctors. That, that's crazy. They'll come in and they'll be like, hey, uh, do you play d Do you play d well, It's great now. Now, you know, if you get it's on social secret. media, it's fantastic. You can be open about it. You can talk about that's, playing that's these games. That's what's cool about it, too. Yeah, um, like you know, a lot of the old timers will go on social media and say, well, back in my day, we, we weren't allowed. And, you right. should... and no, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic that these younger this younger generation can come out and say, yeah, we play role-playing games, yeah, and it's awesome. Yeah. And I do it at work. I tell everybody at work now, yeah, I play Dungeons & Dragons. Screw you. Yeah. But that's I don't really do you care know how what long people I used think to of me hide? anymore. Do you know how long I used to hide that we played Dungeons & Dragons or any role-playing yeah. game down the bakery? Yeah. They we would always to, say, what do you guys do Thursday We're cleaning. Night? Yeah, we're cleaning. We're playing uh, cards. Order. Sometimes when we're done, we play cards. Yeah. We're working on large order. We're playing cards. We're cleaning. There was a time where my mom wanted me to stop playing that because it was satanic. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was just, just the bakery long. was too clean. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was it. Sure. Yeah. But no, it was, uh, we'll go into that someday. That's a whole episode there. Yeah, but I, I played a little in college with a group, and that was 3.5 D&D. Um, our buddy Jay ran a second edition one-shot yep. once. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main background was Rifts, though. I played Rifts the longest. That was a game I was most That's comfortable with. That's a Palladium with. game. Look that up. It's actually a very good game, everybody. Yeah, I, I loved Rifts. When Mike and I talked about maybe you know switching to D&D, I didn't care. It was As long as I still got to play, I don't care what system it is. I don't necessarily think one system is better than any other. I think it just depends on what you guys decide you want to play, and, and you just get together and play. It's more yeah. about having fun with your friends. I camaraderie. Definitely yeah. agree. And 100%. making new friends. And it's funny, I didn't know Jeff before he started playing with us, but at this point, if Jeff needed anything at all, he could call me on the phone. I'd be right there to help him. I didn't know Josh before we started playing, and if Josh needed anything, he'd call me up. If I answered, because I never answer my phone. He'd still but, say no. Yeah, don't call him. <laughs> but no, I absolutely no. would. Don't call me. Text me. Yeah, text, text me. I'll him. get back to you. Yeah. That's the best way to get In an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, I, but yeah, I've been playing games now most of my life. And uh, you've, you've gotten me into a lot of games. You got me into Warhammer 40K. Didn't we play Badlands together, too? We did. Yeah. We played Badlands for a time. We played a Heroes game. That yep. was the first game I ever DM'd was a Heroes Unlimited It was. Game. I remember that, too. Yeah. Mike, what's a game a that you guys haven't played? Well, there's tons, I'm sure. Oh, okay. there's so many. Oh, okay. yeah. There's a there's a game I really want to throw together. It's called Monster of the Week. It runs sort of like an episodic television show would, and it's a good way to wow. to mimic like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer universe. I was going to say, I played Buffy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I played Angel. <laughs> yeah, um, did you really? I did. It's a good way to mimic like the TV show Supernatural. Okay. You can mimic that with Monster of the Week. It's it's supposed to run like you have this one big bad, but every week you fight a little big bad and you get more clues to the next big bad. And, and it's, uh, I don't know, it looks interesting. I might buy it. I doubt we'll ever play it because one of my favorites. Time? One of my favorites was Call of Cthulhu. That was one of my I favorites see, that I played. Never played it. Well, I know you're big into D, uh, 40K. Did you ever play Wrath and Glory, the new RPG for 40K? No, I just collected all the books. Um, <laughs> because that was when I was playing 40K. And basically, I, I can only do one thing at a time really well. And I was still running the Rifts game at that time when that came out. And I was still playing 40K. And as Kenny will test, I never lost a game of 40K. No, never lost a game of 40K. So Is I'm, that, like, legit? Yeah, it's legit. Wow. Yeah. Bring it, bitch. I came really, really close to beating him once. He did. He's the only one, by the way. I was really close to beating him one time. Was he sweating? He was. I was. He was sweating. He was looking up rules. I was. I was trying to. He was checking my measurements. (laughs) Had to bend the ruler that day. Yeah. 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 But that's an inside joke. It was good. I enjoy every game. I think every game has a nice. uh, Everybody always is so harsh on different games. I think if you give games a chance and get into them, everyone, it's like a person, everyone has something good about it. And yeah. as a DM, and I think Jeff and you can will understand, as a DM, we could take that stuff and we can manipulate it and turn it into our game to make our game better. Well, I, I think, because everybody's kept it pretty short, I'm gonna actually start with sort of something that's gonna go in a long line of the two new people that we have here, um, because I'm welcoming them. I want to talk to people that are just starting. So I want to say uh, about the best character class for a total noob. Somebody that's just getting into this game. Oh, that is a great topic. That has never started before uh, another game. You know, they, they've never even played a role-playing game. Somebody that just is say, hey, come on, sit down, like I did to, to you, yeah, Josh. Yeah. Um, Jeff had some experience, but, um, you know, Josh was totally a virgin. And we popped his bubble. And, um, and it is a coincidence, because I sat down and thought about this. If I had to tell somebody what character class to play as a noob, somebody that's never played before, I would say Barbarian. And here's why. Because Barbarians aren't difficult to play. They will slowly and surely get more powerful as they go up. You don't have to worry about magic. You can cross them as you get more educated with the game system with other really good classes to give them even more bonuses. And barbarians themselves are fun. Nothing's more fun than going into a rage and smashing somebody's head in. Absolutely. Okay, you agree with that? Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and I did say, if Zoshin dies, I will play a barbarian. That is my next favorite class. And you can take a hit. Yeah, definitely. So you don't have to worry we, about dying as easily. Well, he plays the best barbarian, in my opinion, too. And I wouldn't, of course, step on you by playing a, a bear totem barbarian. That would be what I would play. When you started your character, that's what I suggested. Yeah. And, and thank God you listened because I think you're enjoying it. Oh, absolutely. But as a noob, if you're walking into a new game, if you're walking into a new game, even with existing characters or people that know what they're doing, 
You want survivability too. You don't want to come down to the new game, if, especially if they make you play a level one, which we don't necessarily do, but we got into that, I think it was episode one. Yeah. Um, we, we give a little bit of leniency, but a lot of games, when you walk into that game, they want you to play a level one. You have survivability at level one off the bat. You don't have healing, but you do have some abilities that will enable you to escape an issue. You don't have to worry about armor. You don't have to worry about spells. You don't have to worry about a lot of trick stuff. You can concentrate on the playing potential of your character. Absolutely. And you get to learn the rules. So as a noob, you can pay attention to what everybody else is doing and easily play your character. Miss Lisa, what do you think would be the best character to start if you were virgin, first out of the gate, never played D&D? It would depend on your level of organization because you figure you have to be somewhat organized and a good note taker if you want to be a caster yeah i agree Agreed. so like even if you want to dip your toe in magic you could be a half caster like no, a, are you saying cleric paladin like like ranger like bard like mm-hmm. even well, even the bard has more spells than i than i dealt with with the ranger but at that point i was already experienced enough that i felt comfortable keeping track of my spells but yeah generally sticking with Somebody who like a ranger, because I I love the ranger. I don't care who knows no, it. No, <laughs> we enjoy the ranger too. You you play it well. Trying to make sure that you can handle what what you can handle as a person. Understood. You know, to to add to your conversation, I think magic can sometimes make people intimidated. You can start casting a spell and then forget your spells and forget the ranges, forget the times. You know, uh, we don't play with components, which makes it much easier. Right. If you have to walk around with all these spell components, you know, it depends on how you play and what group you're playing with. But I agree about the half caster. What about you, Ken? What would you play as a first character? Um, I'm going to break the mold a little bit. And well, I guess the obvious answer is fighter, but I'm not going to take that one. I'm going to say cleric. Really? I'm going to say cleric. There's a lot of pressure with cleric. There is. Uh, no, I'm going to say the you're you're very versatile as a cleric. You can walk in and you can take a hit. Mm-hmm. You can hit something back. And you can learn spells. And your spells you can re-choose every day. True. That's a good every point. Every day at dawn. So if, you're, if you want to cast spells and you want to get a flavor for all the different aspects of the game, I think a cleric's a good starting point. Because you can walk up and punch something in the face. You can defend yourself. You and have healing, survivability. You have survivability with healing, and you can uh, you can get a good intro to spell slots and choosing your spells. Because if you choose the wrong spells, the next day at dawn, you can pick them again. Yeah, good point. So what yeah, a- I go cleric. But then again, I'm a hot for clerics. Yeah, I know. I, you guys <laughs> know I like clerics. I think they're the best class in the game. They're the most versatile class Druid in the was. game. No, Druid is the worst. Uh, no, <laughs> it's not. Jeff. No, it's not. Mr. Jeff, what do you think is the best right, right so out of the I, game? I think your first character should be a wizard. Then you die in the first battle. And then you <laughs> yeah. move on to your yeah. second character. Okay. But honestly, no, I will go with the fighter. That's what I was thinking here. It's the most straightforward to understand. You get a ton of extra feats, which as you learn the game, you'll be able to really you know, put a lot of flavor into your character. And it's probably one of the most multi-classed uh, classes. So once you learn those first couple levels, there's no problem going into another class, into a spellcasting class, and picking that up because you're not going to regret having taken two to five levels in Fighter. That's Because you're going to pick up all those extra little things like your extra attack and your extra feet and all that kind of stuff. That's why I would say Fighter would be one of the best things, and you always need someone to hit stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You could even go Mage, and then you could be a Fighter that wears plate. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, you know, I'm sorry, mage that wears plate because that, that's survivability and now you have your magic that you can cast and second wind allows you to cast a second spell. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big, nice bonus and mm-hmm. boon. What about you, Mr. Josh? Are you going to say barbarian? No, I, no. So here's the thing, right? I don't think there is a good class for a noob. I think that if you want to play something, and I think that you should just do it because you're going to show more interest in that character and learn more about that character. And then you can branch off from that, from your next character, and see what you like and what you dislike. If you, The only reason why I went with a barbarian is because it reminded me of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, you like the Norse mythology, and that's love basically it. what we based your character off. Exactly. Of. So I fell in love with Bjorn. You know what I mean? Just like anybody else. I think that uh, if you honestly were to play another character, I, I think that you would miss Bjorn. Oh, absolutely. That's just from, that's my perception of it. Absolutely. Yeah, but I, I strongly think that if there's no great class for a beginner, you should just go with what you like and just go based off that. Except wizard. 
My point is, I think to enjoy something, you have to have a level of survivability. And to enjoy something as well, you have to make sure the people around you that are playing and have played before you, you can be a part of the group. Right. And you can actually um, be a help and an aid to them. You don't want to come into a new group as a noob and right. a first-time player and actually hinder everybody. You want to make sure that you feel good about what you're doing. So I think survivability and capability is very important. And again, to clarify from our last, I think it was the second episode, I still believe Druid's the best class. I don't think it would be the best class to start if you've never played this game. I think it's too complicated. Simplicity's sake, again, I'll stick with my answer, Barbarian. Any final thoughts on that subject? I don't know. I this may just be me, and it's maybe because I have no experience when it comes to it, but, like, fighter. Yeah, I get it. That's interesting. But, like, it, it to me, fighter seems so vanilla. Do you know what it, I mean? It doesn't have to like be, Like, in though. Neapolitan ice cream, what's the last one that you take? Vanilla. Okay. Yeah, granted. Yeah. But, Chocolate, I mean... Strawberry. If, <laughs> <laughs> if we look at movies, look at the movie Gladiator. Yeah. yeah. That guy yeah, is I a straight-up fighter, and he is a He's badass. Ruthless. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the real heroes, even in J.R.R. Tolkien's, uh, you know, the big guys, the badasses, besides, of course, the elves, were all fighters. They're bases fighter. And uh, fighters are the bread and butter of this game. And there are so many subclasses for fighter. And I'll add to what you said, Lise, and something that Josh said. And you're both right. But there is no bad class. There's only, you know, people. Except Druid. No. <laughs> There's only people that don't understand that they can play that class. I know for a fact I can play any class because I have to because, you know, we're DMs. So we have to be able to play every class. Um, there's ones that I do prefer to play and I think I could do better with than other classes. But if you embrace, like like Josh said, a specific class and you want to play it well, you will. Mm -hmm. um, Josh was correct. But I, I, I'm, my, thing, my thing was easiest to start with because you have not played before. Um, the other classes and you know are all terrific, and I'm not done playing any of them. I absolutely did not want to play a cleric. I know that is what I least did you get wanted forced to, play. to do that. I yes. kind of got bullied into it. I, I found it is is almost a blessing because <laughs> cleric yeah. pun. Yeah. Yeah. Cleric pun. Yeah. No pun I found intended. it as a blessing because it really helped me learn all the aspects of the game. Well, you know everybody's hit points. You knew everybody's strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, uh, you knew. Uh, someday we'll we'll do a, a segment on party roles, and you filled a majority of party roles by playing cleric. And the only reason, and again, not kissing your ass, the only reason we succeeded in six missions that I could think of off the top of my head was because you were there healing. But our our screwed up party. You would think everybody would love the cleric. He was the good guy. Nobody liked him. <laughs> Nobody you know, liked. Do you know Belkis. who we do like? You love Hank. We love Hank. You love the shady. thief. Yeah, he's shady. Hey, Zoshin liked Balkus. Zoshin he, and Balkus. Yeah, Zoshin and Balkus got along, but nobody else liked Balkus. And he was the the straight up good guy, letter of the law good guy. I didn't say I didn't like him. You I didn't trust him, which was ridiculous. But yet you trust Hank. To be fair, though, Lilith hated everybody. That's true. Lilith so did it wasn't hate a everybody. personal attack. She just didn't like people yeah. in general. Nobody liked Belkis. Everybody loves the shady Hank. How is it? How does it feel to be like kind of like reliable to other of your party members, like like healing and all that stuff? Is it a lot of pressure on your character as well? It was, but I liked it because I like that. Like, if somebody's down to one HP, you're like, oh, oh my god. Like, no, no, no. He would wait until you were down to, like, 20 hit points. People would be yelling, I need to heal, I need to heal. They have 75 hit points, okay? We're going against a monster only does 2d6. They don't need to heal. No. Okay? He had common sense. He knew what he was doing. He understood how to play a cleric. And, I'm, again, not kissing Oh, well, I learned. Yeah, over I did time. not want to play just, a cleric, and it was a lot of pressure, but I like pressure. I just caught Belkus on the tail end before he left us. Yeah, and right. yeah. he... He taught me a lot as well as Zoshin and everybody else in the party did, but he healed and he just, he provided for it. He did he was, his job. Correct. He was a bread and butter for the group. Yeah. 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 And now it's nice to play a character that can be the opposite, the opposite <laughs> and rely on the group. When I steal something from somebody and they catch me, I'm running straight towards the group to save my ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that is what I cannot wait for, for the group to bail me out. Um, It'll happen. It will. And Trixie, I'm going to end up getting Trixie in trouble and yeah. we're both going to have to run towards the group to save our ass. <laughs> and I cannot wait for that day. All right, guys, you have been listening to Roll with the Party with the Bakery Crew. Uh, it has been a great opportunity for you to meet some of the new members here. Uh, we've, we've met Josh now. We've met Lisa. You already know Mike and Jeff. 
you know, Ken, uh, in the next episode, we hope to introduce you to more people. But for the bakery crew and Roll With The Party, I'm Ken. I'm Mike. And I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. I'm Lisa. And thank you for listening. All systems.